you're never going to have a politician get up there and be like, hey, guys, you know, listen, I want to codify a red, but let's be honest, with this next Congress, not going to happen. Right, so you but should the- still vote for me. I want to do it. No one's going to get elected doing that. Bernie's not going to get up there and be like, hey, listen, guys, I think maybe we're going to we want to do Medicare for all, but it's virtually impossible, at least for the next 10 to 20 years. But I still want to do it. Hey, you should vote for me. No one's going to vote for that. Right. But that flies into the lied. But that flies in the face. That flies in the face, Hutch, of the argument in the opposite direction, being that if only Democrats had a few more people in the Senate, they would have been able to pass this. Or like in this next election cycle, make sure you vote blue because if you give us enough seats in the Senate, we'll be able to do it this time. And then saying that in the same time, there is always going to be what a bad guy. There's always going to be one or two holdouts. There's never going to be a strong enough whip to be able to actually control the Democrats to get them all to vote in the same line. That's not some convenient conspiracy. The country is hella polarized. Oh, absolutely. And becoming more polarized. polarized Hey, buddy, can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me again? I can hear you great. We're not doing uh, visuals, I take it? No, I feel like it's hard to sync it up anyways, so I think it's probably better just to do do it like this. I wanted to have a conversation with you today about voter apathy because you're more... Like, I do have a lot of people that identify as, like, sort of leftist or, you know, vaguely leftist in my chat. But um, I feel like you're more connected to leftist online spaces. So I want you to act as sort of a translator to me. Certainly. um, About this moment. Because where we find ourselves in is quite the inflection point in this country. And I know that you're more tied into Canadian politics, but you keep up with American politics. And maybe you can speak to Canadian uh, politics as well. I'd I'd say global politics, if we're being fair. Okay, yeah. So you would agree that United States, this is a very unique moment with, with Roe being overturned and the potential political um, fallout from this that could last for multiple election cycles. Uh, I think it will. I think we've got decades of uh, this month handing down horrifying decisions on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And would you agree that that would present a, a pretty unique opportunity for Democrats to overcome historical trends of uh, presidents that lose uh, seats in their first midterm elections? The only person since FDR that 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 this didn't happen to was George W. Bush. Uh, I would, yes. So here's my concern then, because I see the dominant messaging that I see from like young leftist spaces is is what I perceive to be the opposite lesson that should be derived from this moment, which is to say that they're saying that this is evidence that voting doesn't work. Okay. Have you, have um, you seen these kind of takes? You know, like, well, we voted for Biden. This happened anyways. Well, uh, I, I see where you're going with this. I just want to preface quickly by saying that I'm not someone who uh, believes in uh, not voting uh, as a form of avoiding harm reduction. I am a harm reductionist, so even though uh, I disagree heavily with the Democrats, I still would have voted for someone like Joe Biden. Had I been an American, I wouldn't have done a third-party vote, um, and uh, especially now, because it seems like there's a very distinct polarization between the two parties. I think you have to be in a pretty clear position of privilege to not recognize that uh, LGBTQ plus rights are heavily under attack. Uh, sorry, attacked by the right attack, right now, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, absolutely you should be voting to hold off Republican encroachment. What I usually want to point out uh, is either hypocrisy on the behalf of what I consider to be corporate Democrats or uh, institutional Democrats, ones who've been there in a long time, your Nancy Pelosi's, for example, um, and I would directly point towards examples like, say, uh, supporting uh, Henry Cuellar 
over uh, Cisneros in a race where there is a clear distinction between a pro-life candidate and someone who has voted repeatedly alongside Republicans, I believe 70% or close to that, over someone who is more progressive and in that case uh, supporting the candidate uh, who is a little bit more institutional. So that's what I want to point out. That's usually what I do on my show is say that I think there is an overwhelming amount of hypocrisy in people who say, you know, just uh, this just happened. Roe v. Uh, Roe v. Wade was just overturned. So now what you got to do is you got to donate. Now, now, uh, now is the time to give us $15 of your hard-earned money uh, to make sure this doesn't happen again. Right. Okay. All right. So there's a little bit to unpack there, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the last part of your, your, your statement first and just say, if they can't fundraise off of row, what can they fundraise off of? Or, or, or maybe to put it differently, is there, is, should there be a mandatory waiting period before they send out mailers and emails asking for um, donations or should they just not fundraise at all off of this issue? Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to turn towards a, uh, the uh, great liberal mind of uh, Sir David Pakman uh, in saying that in this issue, both sides fundraise off of it. Conservatives often fundraise off Roe v. Wade saying that, hey, if you fundraise for us, we're going to help uh, and work towards overturning it. And now they're going to pivot because they can now prove that, you know, your fundraising dollars paid off in that regard. Uh, probably mm-hmm. to we're going to now advocate for a federal ban on abortion or overturning states' uh, rights on abortions. Um, and David Pakman also pointed out that same video clip that I think you got really mad about, the one with the two women where they're like, you know, my body's not a fundraising issue. Um, yeah. He just released a video on that saying that he thinks it's callous and tone deaf uh, again for Democrats because he got the the same email saying now's the, the time, you know, we're asking for your donations, $15 kind of stuff. He just released a video on the exact same topic. Um, I mean, there's sorry, keep well, going. They, they had they had multiple months to prepare the response to this. Right. Um, and yes, they are definitely limited. I think it's kind of delusional to think that they're suddenly going to be able to, uh, I mean, they have proposed, by the way, uh, amendments to codify Roe v. Wade in the House, and then it's never going to pass the Senate because they don't really technically control the Senate. Um, right. They've already, I mean, they've already passed in the House. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, with Quayar with sitting, sitting in that seat. Yeah. So it, it's one of those situations where would you be willing to do everything in your power because how many months do we have out before the midterm elections? Five. How many women get abortions every year in America? I don't know. At least hundreds of thousands, millions maybe. I don't yeah, know. Between, I don't know the exact numbers there. Between 700,000 to 900,000 depending on the year. Um, those five months are going to be five months in which now a lot of women are not going to have the ability to do that, even if they had signed up previously for that. So what could mm-hmm. you do, again, within the realm of power that you have as both the commander-in-chief and while well, you're uh, controlling the House? What, what can you great, do? That's a great question. I mean, could you answer that question? What do you expect them to do? I have proposals that range from delusional lefty stuff all the way to more realistic things and well, why don't we focus why don't we focus on the realistic things i mean we can talk about like potential like pie in the sky solutions that are fun for like coffee shop discussions but let's just try to limit this to like what are realistic paths for the biden administration to take personally to intervene and prevent the fallout from the supreme court decision sure so one of the options that elizabeth warren has proposed is potentially uh using federal lands to uh open clinics to provide health care right. this would you would run so, into trouble so actually, with the Hyde amendment I, for that actually, but, the, sorry go ahead so the administration the administration came out and addressed that and uh the spokesperson came out uh yesterday and addressed that that the administration had looked into that but they can't guarantee that people still wouldn't be prosecuted uh by the states 
that those federal lands exist on. So uh, that's kind of a that's kind of a difficult solution to to stomach. If you can't guarantee that everyone who gets an abortion on those federal lands aren't going to get prosecuted, that's not a real solution. Um, well, again, it's not not a situation in which they they don't know either direction whether or not that would actually happen. Right? It's just one of those things like, do you want to shut it down before it even starts because you're worried about that potential outcome, or do you want to explore it and potentially get like, how far have they taken that? Have they spoken to uh, you know legal teams, legal representatives? Is it something that outright would never be able to manifest in reality? Uh, well, I, I mean, I would, I wouldn't, wouldn't you assume that the administration has, has taken steps to like consult with their team of lawyers to like find ways to deal with this? I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that presidents typically can't, uh, single-handedly just ignore a Supreme court ruling or sidestep it altogether. Uh, I the power agree with of the that. executive branch is quite limited when it comes to ch- checking the judiciary. So what's one of the things that the commander in chief is in command of? Um, I mean, that's a big question. He's in charge of the army. He's in charge yeah, of the yeah, executive that's, branch. That's the one I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Federal law. And, that's okay, that's yeah. the one I was looking for is the military. So there's something you could do immediately. There's a problem right now within the U.S. military about uh, people who are service members saying that they have difficulty uh, getting abortions within uh, the military health system itself. You could take a step, and this is going to not really affect the general American public, but this is going to affect service members to say that I'm going to take concerned steps, and this is just something on paper that you could show that and demonstrate that I'm doing things within my power to advance uh the reproductive uh rights of wait, americans wait wait, wait 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 didn't the pentagon come out come out two days ago and say that they that the federal federal agencies are not bound by the supreme court ruling and that the the pentagon would would not apply the supreme court ruling in their own practices uh, I'm not. I'm not talking about them doing that in that regard, though. I'm saying that this is already a problem that's existing within the military. Like I was, I was already reading an article about this like two days ago. How about the military itself? There are women within rank who say that they have difficulty um, accessing abortion within the healthcare system of the military. So that's something you could go okay. forward and immediately be like, "This is a, something that I'm going to improve. We're going to take the steps necessary to make sure that every single service member who needs access has direct access to abortion services." Okay. Now, that doesn't directly help people on the ground. One of the things that I was going to point towards that is something good that the Biden administration did do, in my opinion, was under COVID, they used the FDA to approve two uh, drugs that uh, can perform at-home abortions and allow you to order them through mail. Now Mm -hmm. we've entered this kind of gray area where I think people will need to get better access to those drugs. I think they're responsible for nearly half of all the abortions that take place in the U.S. So. It's, I think it's 52% is what I read yesterday. So why not do everything in power to increase access to that or to prevent states themselves from restricting access to that? Uh, well, uh, the uh, AG Merrick Garland came out again. He came out two days ago and said that uh, that states have no right to uh, no legal right to ban th- any safe FDA products mm-hmm. and that they had no legal right to um, uh, pass any laws that would criminalize crossing a border, uh, crossing a state border to go to a place where it is legal to have an abortion and then coming back. So the DOJ stands ready at the disposal to fight the legal fight in order to make sure that these states don't pass these laws. But again, it's not up to the DOJ. And how much faith do we have that the Supreme Court is actually going to disallow states from doing that? Make no mistake, that is the next level of this fight. So states have already, uh, you know, dozens, two dozen states, over two dozen states have already taken steps to greatly limit access to abortion or just outright ban it. The next stage of this fight will be preventing uh, people from going into other states from getting an abortion and preventing people from getting these pills. And you have the head of the DOJ coming out and saying, like, states, you cannot do this we will fight you in court so what i mean like what else do you want them to do on top of that 
Um, I didn't know about that statement two days ago. That's actually great news. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that is good. I mean, I would use that potentially, to be totally honest with you, Hutch. If you were coming forward and you were trying to say, here's the list of things that we've done, I would add that to the, the quill, as they say, um, and list of potential yeah. moves. The next thing I would talk about is uh, stop including the Hyde Amendment in the budget. Hyde Amendment is not going to go away. I mean, there's just too many. I mean, there's too many people in the country that support the Hyde Amendment for that to go away. So that's you, just a, that's just a non-starter you would, you would, for you. You would you would have to drum up a disproportionate amount of support for repealing such an amendment in the Congress that wouldn't match public sentiment. Like most Americans believe that abortion should be limited. I don't believe that regular Americans should play any part in a discussion between somebody and their physician. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's appropriate, but it it doesn't change the fact that it, I mean, it's, it's, it's popular enough that it exists. You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't just get rid of it. There's not, you're not gonna have the votes to get rid of that. There's too many Dem senators that support it. There's probably too many Dem Dems in the house that support it. Um, I think uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to this, then, uh, because you know, I was saying that I was trying to point out the hypocrisy when it comes to, you know, the way people are acting. I think that Joe Biden has one of the largest free megaphones on the planet right now. You know, Trump was really good at taking advantage of this. Whenever he wants, he can go in front of a camera or a press uh, and give a speech, and he's going to be seen by millions of people. The messaging on this also, like, this comes at a time when I'm still seeing people like Joe Biden offer praise for people like Mitch McConnell, for example, um, saying that, you know, I consider him uh, to be a colleague, I consider him to be an honorable person, uh, things of this nature. Uh, Nancy Pelosi now saying that she doesn't want Democrats to to hyper-focus on abortion issues because she says that it's not popular in, um, you know, for for election cycles and all that kind of stuff. Wait, what? When did did Pelosi say this? Pelosi Uh, said don't focus on abortion issues? Are you talking, are you thinking of Hillary Clinton talking about, like, social issues? No, no, that one also happened. Here, I'll pull that one up. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, do stop focusing on abortion issues. Um, but sorry, back while I'm looking this up, back to the original one about Mitch McConnell. One of the things that really bugs me about that, and I wanted to hear your response to this, is that praising Mitch McConnell, I like, especially you know, in in the first year of your tenure. One of the reasons that Merrick Garland isn't on the Supreme Court right now, I think in large part has to do with Mitch McConnell, has to do with what they did in terms of lying directly. uh, I mean, stating, how many months was it out? Eight months before Obama's election? They said Eight or or nine months, yeah. Yeah, and then right after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, it was, what, less than a month before Amy Coney Barrett was instilled? Yeah, it was less, I I mean, it was like a month out from the election. I mean, they crazy fast-tracked her her uh, confirmation obviously yeah so as far as messaging goes i am totally with you there and in fact it's only been in the last couple of months where i really thought to myself like "Mm, i think i i think i want joe biden to step aside in 24 and let somebody else run um as far as messaging goes yeah i think i think democratic leadership is just i think they live in an era in a bygone era Mm -hmm. and they don't understand how things like internet culture can really shape help to shape outcomes of elections and i think that 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 they have this ill-conceived notion that if they just stick to you know their principles of like institutional integrity that they can they can get past this dark moment Mm -hmm. and that you know maybe republicans will have some sort of like magical epiphany and we can get back to a spirit of bipartisanship in this country i think that is thoroughly naive and and i can understand looking at that and feeling like kind of dispirited and feeling like a little little deflated but i want to go back to my question that i asked you like 
should Democrats not fundraise on Roe or should they should there be a waiting period before they fundraise? Oh, I mean, they and, should. And I also wanted I also wanted to sure. touch on those two young girls, those two young girls featured in that one clip. Mm -hmm. uh, people did a little digging into the organization that they represent. They are a part of an organization called Rise Up for Abortions. OK, this is a this is an organization that solicits funds based on their rights. Something that they said a moment ago was disgusting. Mm -hmm. And then none of those funds actually go directly towards. <laughs> any like abortion clinics or not, not they don't even no tell way. you where those funds go and it's a literal leftist cult can you give me the name of the org again rise up for abortions up for if you abortions. just google it and then the first thing you'll see when you go to their webpage is a big green donate button and then you click on that donate button and you can mm -hmm. see that they fleeced over fifty thousand dollars off of people you have an actual abortion advocacy group in new york i think it's called nyc abortions or something like that that are basically pleading their followers to stop sending these people money because it's a big scam <laughs> i, had so no I idea just want to be that. clear when we're talking about those two young women that we're talking about how it's yeah. disgusting to raise funds based off of their right to have an abortion i think that's kind of comical that it's coming from them and the organization that they represent right i think that's so I think that's totally fair to point out that hypocrisy. I mean, I'm I'm going to take your word for it that all that is true. That's 100% fair. I don't think it changes the the crux of a statement like that, though. If someone is saying, especially but, someone but who, who's, who's, whose rights are directly being infringed by this, you know, I, I understand like that, you know, this would be like an appeal to hypocrisy. And absolutely, that's like... Uh, pretty ridiculous i'm trying to go about all the, i don't give a fuck about all those debate bro, bro rules you can appeal to hypocrisy <laughs> if you want that's fine i don't care i'm not gonna call you out on that but like okay. should should democrats not raise funds to try to expand their majority uh they should and and they will that's just what they do what i'm i'm not in the camp of saying and by the way they shouldn't be able to do this i'm in the camp of saying that there are things and again you know that's why i was pointing out nancy pelosi's support of Quayar and stuff like that in that Simply saying just vote or simply saying, hey, this has happened. Now is the time for you to dig deep and give us money. That's that's the point I'm calling out. Whether or not they can do that, of course they can. And and should they do it? Yes. I mean, they should uh, fundraise in any way they find is going to make them money. That's what political campaigns do. I, on the other end, is someone who doesn't want to support, um, you know, people who may be taking an action. And again, I know, like, I saw the reason that you wanted to talk to me in the first place was because I was liking tweets when you were going back and forth on Twitter from, uh, I think it's respectable lawyer uh related to mm -hmm. when obama had a supermajority and the hypocrisy of that and i think you don't like people referring to that moment because you don't think obama actually had the bullshit. ability to pass it because yeah because fucking bullshit Lance, because because there was no possible way that they could have codified roe in 2009 with, it's and bullshit. that's and that's because arlen specter or kent conrad it's because they didn't have enough yes votes. They had they had the in the in total at for a short tiny sliver of time they had fifty six I'm oh, sorry fifty eight Democrats and two independents that were caucusing with Democrats. That just because you have sixty votes mm -hmm. like sixty seats to yeah. overcome a filibuster does not mean you have sixty votes. You had half a dozen pro life Democrats in the Senate. I don't find me any whip throughout American history that would have been able to whip a half a dozen pro-life Democrats to vote for an, uh, 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 a piece of legislation that would codify Roe. You had, you had five dozen pro-life Democrats in the House. 
Like, why, why? They couldn't even get a public option passed with this majority that they had in Congress because you had conservative Democrats in the Senate that would have blocked that, that piece of legislation. Why on earth are people getting this idea that they could have codified Roe, but then, like, chose not to? Why? So they could have a rotating villain and just uh, perpetually <laughs> fundraise? Well, like, I think, I think pe no, people are, people are getting that impression because that was, was a key campaigning uh, moment for Obama. Obama was stating that one of the first things he was going to do legislatively was codify Roe v. Uh, Wade into law and to make it the law this of the land. The that, that was, and I know the politicians often will make very lofty goals when they're trying to get elected. Fair enough. That's just what politicians that do. The, that's that's the language of politics. You're never going to have a politician get up there and be like, "Hey guys, you know, listen, I want to codify Roe, but let's be honest with this next Congress, not going to happen." Right. So you but should the, still vote for me. I want to do it. No one's going to get elected doing that. Bernie's not going to get up there and be like, "Hey, listen, guys, I think maybe we're going to we want to do Medicare for all, but it's fucking virtually impossible at least for the next ten to twenty years." But I still want to do it. Hey, you should vote for me. No one's going to vote for that. Right, but then that, I, I that, that flies like, in the... But that flies so in the face that flies in the face, Hutch, of the argument in the opposite direction, being that if only Democrats had a few more people in the Senate, they would have been able to pass this. Or it, like in this next election cycle, make sure you vote blue because if you give us enough seats in the Senate, we'll be able to do it this time. And then saying if that in the same time, there is always going to be what a bad guy. There's always going to be one or two holdouts. There's never going to be a strong enough whip to be able to actually control the Democrats to get them all to vote on the same line. That's not some convenient conspiracy. The country is hella polarized. Oh, absolutely. And, and becoming more polarized. polarized like this, it, it brings to bear, it brings to light certain institutional and structural imbalances that are impossible to surmount. The fact of the matter is, if you want Roe codified, or I mean, there are a few ways that you could go about undoing this decision. You could pass a constitutional amendment, which the hurdle is even higher to get that done. Uh, you could uh, you could stack the Supreme Court, but again, you need the votes to do that, or you can codify Roe. So the two realistic uh, solutions to the Roe problem are packing the court and, or, or passing legislation. And in both of those cases, you need to elect people that are willing to do that. So if you elect two or three more Democratic senators in this cycle that are willing to scrap the filibuster in order to codify Roe, mm -hmm. and then you hold the House, and then they do that, and a bill land, lands on Joe Biden's desk, he's going to sign it. He's not going to be like, well, I was going to sign this, but you scrapped the filibuster. Like that. My problem is that like, there are these clear paths to getting this done. And it's going to take time for these things to get done. It's not going to get done in the next Congress, probably. But people don't want to hear that solution. Well, that's too hard. I don't want to have to vote every two years. Well, I'm sorry. Like, what do you think voting is? Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I, I think people should vote. I, I am, I, I'm for voting. I'm saying that this well, seems to be a situation. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying this seems to be a situation in which, okay, you don't like the Obama situation because you're like, this never would have happened. After all, there was, you know, there's a list of people who wouldn't have voted for it, you know, whether it's Ben Nelson or, or, or Spectre or whoever it is. And at the same time, we also have to believe, but if we just keep instilling Democrats, this won't happen again, or there won't be this problem where we have X amount of Democrats, but two or three of them are holdouts. Like, what are we going to do about Joe Manchin, for example? Didn't Joe Manchin, isn't he one of the people who helped uh, Kavanaugh get elected onto the Supreme Court? And now it's just like, I can't believe that he would have done this. This. It seems to be this consistent pattern of. I don't know if you voted for Kavanaugh. I can't remember. Okay. Maybe it's possible. But okay, well, but, but, if, but, but, if that mean, is like, the case, but, then, but, then 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 what what the, does the messaging have the, to be? But that is the solution, though. This is the solution. There is no other solution. People want people want to come up with these like magical executive orders that that Biden can do right now to change this, and he doesn't have the power to do that. Voters had the power to stop this in 2016. They chose a different way. This is the consequence of that. 
Oh, and come now on. Those, you, you, like, you, many you, of those you don't, you don't believe in that, that one. There's so many X factors here. There's so many things that could have happened. They shouldn't have listened to Mitch McConnell, and, and they should have had Merrick Garland on the bench. Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired should, when, when should, they had the ability to do. You know, uh, voters don't have any voters don't have any say over whether or not a Supreme Court justice resigns. Only they do. Presidents can't force them to resign. Yeah, of course. It's unfortunate that Ruth Bader Ginsburg made the decision that she did, but that's not up to the voters. You know who is up to the voters? Who gets elected president? You know who appoints people to the Supreme Court? The president. The president. So Donald Trump stood up there on that podium and said with his whole fucking chest in 2016, if you elect me president, I will appoint pro-life Supreme Court justices. We will overturn Roe v. Wade. And we, we and even in, in one interview said, we will prosecute women for seeking an abortion. He told everybody this. Yep. He was telling you the truth. And yeah, people decided, was. enough people decided that didn't matter. This is the consequence of that. And now people, those same people, like many of those same people, I assume that maybe didn't vote or threw their threw their vote away at, on a protest vote in 2016 are now mad because Joe Biden can't do anything to stop something that should have been stopped in 2016. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of I, 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 respect for these people that are saying that. Sure. I understand why you'd be frustrated at them, but you don't genuinely think that they alone were the reason that Hillary lost. No, there are any number of variables that you can point to. I'm not talking, I don't want to get into the reasons why Hillary lost. We've already, I mean, like, I'm sure all of us have had this discussion so many different times. But the fact of the matter is, she lost. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are in the situation that we're in today. Yeah. This is not Joe Biden's she, fault. She lost, she lost the Electoral College. She won the popular vote. And um, yeah, I know. But and, like, she, and, I, and I would want to get rid of the Electoral College, too. But it exists. It's a political reality. We have to, mm -hmm. we have to acknowledge that it exists. I, I think that it's one of those things where you find maybe that there's a big contingent on the left right now that's pushing back against this simply from a perspective of the Democrats don't do anything. And that's it. Yeah, they, they elect. Okay, so yes, right. They elected Democrats to take control of government in 2020. Great. A uh, 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 Democrat sits in the White House. Awesome. Democrats control the House majority. That's great. They have a 50 50 uh, or 51. Uh, they have a one seat with Kamala Harris majority in the Senate. Okay, that's great. But what legislation do you expect them to pass with a 50 seat majority in the Senate and a slim majority in the House? Are the you fact that are we you got for $3 them trillion dollars of infrastructure and COVID spending in the first year is honestly stunning. That is honestly a miracle that that got passed. I can't believe that got passed. But what more legislation do you expect them to pass? You can't if you can't if they don't have the votes to get rid of the filibuster. What did you expect was going to happen? Um. Are you asking sorry, specifically about Roe v. Wade? Or are you just asking in relation to them passing like Build Back Better or other bills that never actually manifested? I'm suggesting that part of the problem when it comes to the online discourse about potential solutions to this is mm -hmm. that there's a there's a there's an enormous lack of understanding about the uh, institutional limitations of power within the the American government structure that are impossible to surmount. What, what do you think, and I'm just curious about this, in terms of taking more radical steps, like say you declare a public health emergency in order to uh, use like the Emergencies Measures Act to produce and or offer things that would help in a situation like this? I am not qualified to speak on that, so I, I don't have an opinion. I mean, if there's I, – I, I know that Biden is surrounded by a team of lawyers in the White House, and I, I can guarantee you they're all sitting around and talking about like what are the best steps that we can take at this moment. Um, can I float one more but, by you? But, but, yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm just curious. 
Could you, I, I'm asking this as a Canadian, I don't know the answer to this. Could you start a, the same way that Trump started the Space Force to attack Martians? Could you start a new branch of the military considered the Health Force? <laughs> I mean, I like it. It's creative thinking. I don't think the Biden administration is thinking on that level, but sure i mean like i think what right now what i'm hearing from a lot of people is they want even if they even if they know in their gut that there's nothing that biden can do to stop this supreme court decision from taking an effect in half a dozen states mm-hmm. or i'm sorry two dozen states across the country I, I think what people want is the appearance of a fighter well of course they, they want it they they want it they want it to seem like he's putting up a fight and I, I question the I question the necessity for something like that. If I know something is impossible, I don't I don't want someone to sit there and waste time and resources fighting something that isn't going to be able to be won. I just, I just so don't, here's here's I, I don't, where I, I couldn't I could in me. Okay, so here's where I couldn't disagree with you more, and I'll tell you why. When it came to things in which there were only two Democrats that blocked it, and you know who they are, Machinima, right? We got Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema, consistently stopping Biden's agenda in multiple ways. He shouldn't be on camera either praising Kristen Cinema for her, you know, her years of service or stuff like that. He should be going in front of cameras and disparaging them, saying, "Hey, by the way, Joe uh, Manchin is the only holdout we have right now. He's the only person standing in the way of like us passing." very significant policy measures i don't know man i don't see it's hard for me to see the political upside of picking a fight and really going for the jugular and alienating two senators that you absolutely but they're so for. alienated already they're already they're not, the ones they're, they're the holdouts like but they're not they're not it's that's there's a difference between how they're being alienated on like social media and and like that i guarantee you joe manchin is not alienated in west virginia with with cinema there's a kind of a bigger question mark because she's she's demonstrated herself to be more moderate and her gamble is that she can win enough like never trump republicans to make up for the progressives that she loses it remains to be seen if that will be a winning strategy for her she's not up for re-election until 2024 isn't so she incredibly unpopular in arizona these, you, uh i don't know i mean i know she's unpopular with democrats but 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 she again she's banking like i think it's a losing strategy i don't think she's gonna win but she's not up for re-election like i said until 2024 and joe biden has to work with these democrats on on a host of other issues that are are not tied whatsoever to like major landmark pieces of legislation like you need to be able to work with these senators so what's the point like they've they both put out like half a dozen op-eds each saying i will never ever 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 under any circumstances vote to scrap the filibuster what's the point of picking that fight what's the point what's the what's the point what's the point of apathy what's the point of just being like it's unfortunate this could happen i'm not going to name names we're just like i i don't see that from republicans see here's the problem i see republicans being ruthless on a regular basis i see them on one end doing the thing that they did with merrick garland and then completely flipping the script when it like serves or uh you know serves their ideas or ideals right they are not playing by the same rules as democrats democrats seem to be focused on decorum and making sure that when they go low we go high while you go high they are kicking the floor from underneath you seems to be the problem I'm so glad that you brought that up i'm so glad that you brought that up because trump the first here's one thing that i hear a lot from lefties mm-hmm. Tr- Tr- trump got everything he wanted when he was in the white house joe biden is a fucking inefficient piece of he, shit he, he didn't get nothing. everything he wanted he was consistently being obstructed exactly. by the republicans exactly you know this because you, you're smarter than 90 percent of the people that interact with me on twitter when they get pissed off with my glorious lib takes but i'm glad that you brought <laughs> up trump's, uh, I like that. trump's uh trump's strategy of going for the jugular after anybody who uh steps in his way because mm-hmm. what was the first legislative fight that trump took up and lost do you remember what it was 
Um, he did the travel ban did through it. executive order. No, I can't remember off the top of my head. It was repealing ACA. That was the first mm. thing he tried to do legislatively. Right, right. They passed it in the House. He did a premature victory lap. They did fucking photo op in the Rose Garden. People were telling him, maybe you shouldn't do this photo op because it hasn't passed the Senate yet. He did it anyways, got to the Senate, and who blocked it? John McCain. And what did what did Donald Trump do in the years to follow before McCain died? And even after he died, he put a fucking bullseye on John McCain's head in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And what was the end result of that? They lost both their Senate seats, and the, and the, and the, and the state flipped blue for the first time in decades. Mm-hmm. That was a result of trump using the strategy that you want biden to use when he has a slimmer Hutch, majority in congress Hutch, I, i'm not i'm not asking biden to go out and say that joe man uh, joe mansion is like uh, a wannabe war hero who's actually like you know disabled or something horrifying like trump would say there's a very big what difference you- between going out in front of public and then saying and stating and saying that you want to fight for this showing passion like you said people actually seem to want from biden and being trump where you're just going to say the most horrifying awful thing about the person you can think of there's two very clear different paths there what if the answer is this sucks i know it sucks i know people are going to be in pain right now it's awful it's horrifying and my hands are completely fucking tied and if you want me to do anything about it you need to empower me with enough of a majority in congress that i can do anything about it what if that's the answer and make sure that there are not holdout democrats when you do that that will obstruct voters that's up to the voters and who they elect to congress is it not Right. But that situation keeps playing out, right? There seems to be this thing, and we're going through this in a circle, where it's like, okay, so just vote, give me a roster, and I agree with you, Hutch, I'm on board, please, don't vote for Republicans, they're, uh, like, moving towards Christian theocracy, but at the same time, once we have them, there may be some holdouts, and I can't publicly say anything bad about the holdouts, I can't call out Joe Manchin, I can't call out Kristen Cinema. I can't say that I really want to... in front of a camera and say that. Why would he say that? There's no strategic upside to saying that. No, I'm saying this is what's happening in the background. While at the same time, your messaging and his messaging would just be, by the way, give us more power, come the next election, and then we'll do something about it. This time. If it were if it were up to me, politicians would just tell the fucking truth all the time, and I would have no problem just making pragmatic decisions from that. Like, I may not love the decisions that are put in front of me, but I'm going to look at those decisions and say, well, there's this one that's going to do this amount of harm, there's this one that's going to do this amount of harm, there's this one that's going to do some good, and I'm going to make the best decision I possibly can. But but politicians, but I am not the median voter, and, and if a politician gets up there and says, like, what I wish Joe Biden would say, which is, like, this sucks, the time to do anything about this was six years ago, that time has passed i can't do anything unless i have a big enough co- uh, congressional majority to do this i wish he would say that he would get lanced if i can use a pun <laughs> he would get lanced you would lance him if he said something like that and, it, and he would be telling the truth but we, we uh, my point is we don't live in that kind of a we don't live in that kind of a world where that kind of honesty is honestly welcome i don't think that kind of honesty would work it's not a winning strategy. And if we're talking about, like, just whip the votes, this is another thing that drives me fucking crazy. Why doesn't he just whip the votes? Why doesn't he just whip the votes? Like, I've had people, Lance, and, and please tell me you're not one of them. I've had people come in my mentions and tell me that Joe Biden should uh, sick the DOJ on Joe Manchin, threaten Joe Manchin with investigation into his daughter's finances. In order to I've, strong I've, arm him, I've, I've never even thought. I've concern. never even heard. Well, I've, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. I've never thought of that as a possibility. I don't. No, think that, it's not. You liar. You've seen people say that. People saying they should. What the Department of Justice? 
No. You've never heard someone. You've never heard saying. You've never heard any online lefty say uh, Biden should 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 threaten DOJ investigations into Joe Manchin. I've seen it all the can you, time. Can you, well, I believe you. Can you send me like the Twitter links? This is not like you don't have to do it right now. You can do it in the past, but this is the first. How Kalinsky said this shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can. I can. After this conversation, if you remind me, I can send you. Like, I, I think what happens is like people like Kyle Kalinsky says it, and then okay. all of his like idiot followers like repeat it on social media. But these people don't give but a that, fuck about justice. They should. Yeah, want someone like if they honestly think joe manchin's daughter's a criminal then the fucking doj should investigate her regardless and they should certainly shouldn't not investigate a criminal in case joe joe manchin ver- votes a certain way yeah Sorry, no i, I, I well i know i think i think if you're trying to use that as a tactic that's going to be more alienating than saying mean things in front of a camera but i i don't think that there's anything wrong with someone wanting their leader to be a fighter and also that same person trying to explore creative ideas within their power i mean sometimes people think that you know the the president has incredibly limited power and it is there, there's an inability to do anything and then that's why i was trying to explore issues with you such as can he de- declare this as a public emergency in the same way you could do that for other public emergencies because this is going to threaten the lives of tens of thousands of women, trans men, uh, non-binary people who may have to give birth in the next five months, and then explore issues yeah. there. Could you could you then use provisions um, expanded to by the President of the United States in order to do something? Uh, I know there's nothing you can really do through executive order. Are there other things you can do uh, through, um, you know, or, or what about even the possibility of stacking the court? Are you against that? Or are you against the possibility of abolishing the filibuster? I don't think there's any other choice besides no getting rid of the filibuster. No, I'm in favor of getting rid of the filibuster. I'm in favor. I'm I'm in favor of stacking the court. It is important that we be clear-eyed about the potential risks that come with something like that because it cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. So as long as people are clear-eyed about what the consequences of getting rid of the filibuster will be, which is wild swings in legislation, then fine. As long as everybody understands what we're getting ourselves into, because if like let's say Joe Biden comes out right now and says I want to expand the Supreme Court. Let's make this a midterm issue. I want you guys to give me enough Democrats in the Senate to expand the court so that I can do my job and uh, reverse this awful decision. Okay. Now imagine a, a, fu- a potential future where that's not enough, where uh, 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 we lose both the Senate and the House in the midterms, and then mm-hmm. uh, Ron DeSantis is elected president in 2024, and now they have a trifecta. Following a time when a Democratic uh, president came out and publicly advocated for getting rid of the filibuster and packing the courts, mm-hmm. what do you think the very first thing that President Ron DeSantis and, and uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell are going to do? They're going to stack. The they court. are going to get rid of the filibuster, and they are going to stack that Supreme Court twenty to three or something like that. Mm-hmm. So as long as we just know that there are risks involved in doing that, then fine. But, but you're, people you're should them. be honest about the risks. And what about all the other things that Biden could do prior to the midterms that would probably help his chances a lot more than what they're currently going through? Like what? Uh, rescheduling marijuana as as a that drug one is a mi- yeah that one is mystifying he's a, he's an institutionalist he wants this shit to come from congress he doesn't want to be seen as a tyrant that's his whole thing and i think it's stupid he could decriminalize marijuana tomorrow uh pardoning nonviolent drug offenders he has done that as far as i understand not to a scale beyond like, not blanket you know. not blanket pardons but uh uh yeah, that would come along with decriminalizing mar- marijuana. Yeah. Well, no, not, no, 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 it wouldn't be automatic. Yeah, if you decriminalize marijuana, people who are in jail don't automatically get released unless they're pardoned. We had that problem in Canada at first. Yeah, yeah. That you would have to have legislation that addressed both those things, and he doesn't want to do that through executive it's the same thing with like um forgiving student loans like he does he wants to get rid of ten thousand student loans but he wants it to come from a bill from congress which they obviously don't have the majority to do that so 
uh, are you the, are you against topic. that as well? No, I think like no, I think I'm for forgiving. Like to, I think that would be fine. But so I, so why I, not I just also, do that? Fifteen thousand is that what you said? No, 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 I said why not just do that? Why not just forgive the ten thousand dollars since you have the ability to do so? You don't have to do it through um you know the, the house and then the senate. Yeah, that's a, that'd be a question you'd have to ask his spokesperson or himself. I can't I can't speak to like his mind. Okay, sure, but I'm I'm just about- I, I'm I've been giving you examples right now. These are clear cut examples that he has the power to do now without having to worry about a filibuster, without having to worry about the senator of the house. These are options that mm-hmm. he has in front of him that would resonate deeply with voters and that would genuinely change a lot of people's lives, especially Black Americans' lives who are disproportionately arrested for uh, you know nonviolent drug offenses. You can do this prior to the midterms, prior to November, and these kind of things will resonate with voters in a way that simply saying vote blue no matter who or just give me a $15 donation will not if you actually do these things that will tangibly change a whole bunch of American lives I think that's all well and good but I really highly doubt that there are like a high percentage of American voters that are showing up to the polls in November based on whether or not the president forgives $10,000 in student loan and decriminalizes marijuana and if those people you don't think that would move the polls at all if those people exist I would argue they're probably not like super intelligent people if you're like a one or two issue voter like that that's just i find me those people if your family member was released from prison that would change your entire life if your partner was no, released no, no, from that, prison I mean, that would be significant i'm just saying like i don't know how mo- how motivating like the legalization of marijuana i don't know how much you're going to move the, the needle i already conceded that i i that is one that's one element of the biden administration that has been disappointing like specifically the topic of like marijuana um decriminalization and taking steps to like um let people out of prisons for nonviolent offenses. That is something he could do tomorrow, and it is disappointing that he hasn't done that. But that's not enough. We're, we're talking like, about well, potentially I, tens I, of I thousands of people. Probably shouldn't vote in November because of that. I mean, I just don't understand. I don't understand how you go from that to that. But okay, but in both situations, I'm talking about potentially tens of thousands of people who all have family members who would have their their families released from prison or their their records expunged. And then on top of that, if you talk about the thousands and thousands of Americans who have student debt, where ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars could be a life changing uh, experience for them, th- that's not a small amount. That's that's not like a little no, amount no, no. of the electorate. Think, that that would have a significant impact on the upcoming election. I think you misunderstand. I think the impact of both of those actions would be far-reaching, and it would be a beneficial thing. Yeah, I'm but you don't think it would move I the voters? I don't think that these two issues are going to be the thing that like really move the needle. When you look at like when you look at polling in America about like which issues are top priorities for Americans, decriminalizing marijuana and student loan debt is not like very high. Oh, I, I completely list, agree with you there. It's it's what inflation and. Um uh, the high cost it's, of living and, and stuff like that. Um, immigration, inflation, you know. Yeah. But but um, I, I would argue that would change potentially millions of Americans' lives, which you agree is a good thing, and that would translate also into a large amount of people wanting to suddenly support and vote uh, for the Democrats. That's uh, that's where we fundamentally disagree. I don't, I don't think there's any way you can't do something that significant that would change that many people's lives without people looking towards that and being like, holy fuck, this is someone that we actually need to keep supporting because look how he has actually affected our lives. Maybe. I mean, maybe you're right. There's I, 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 I'm not convinced, but I'm, I'm not like entirely skeptical either. I just honestly, I don't know how much that would move the needle. That's not me copping out. I, I just legitimately don't. I don't know. And, but, and, but and I would I also add to this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. But, I, but I'm just saying, like, how are you going to look at the situation that we have right now with mm-hmm. the Supreme Court overturning Roe and then, you know, over a half a dozen red states? These are states that are run by 
elected Republicans who, if those elected people were Democrats, we wouldn't be facing this problem. How are you going to, in the face of something like, as, as I mean, this is the most gener generationally defining moment in my life. I mean, besides like maybe 9-11, like it's like this and 9-11 and like th th this is like that, this is that significant. So how are you going to take this moment and, and take a look at how the, the horrific policies that are playing out in red states all across the country, like find me the voter that's looking at all that. And then saying to themselves, you know, well, I was going to give a fuck about this issue, but he didn't, you know, forgive student loan debt. So I don't think I'm going to show up in November. I just don't think very many of those people exist. And if they to the extent that they do exist, I don't think those people are very serious people. I, I don't think they're like really all that engaged. You, you wouldn't like be directly plan. appealing to those people, but those same people are going to be pissed off if all that happens is you just say vote blue, give me $15. And, and that's how we're meeting the moment. That's that's how we're basically tackling this, like you just said, incredibly pivotal, uh, sorry, pivotal moment moment in history what i think my suggestions would do is a monstrously huge amount of the electorate who may not even be uh people who were uh you know reticent to vote democrat or are undecided voters or are non-voters or are moderates those are the people and again if you're changing millions of americans lives if you're uh you know releasing their family members out of jail if you're uh, uh you know giving them uh some kind of uh relief from their debts those are a, a huge selection of voters that are now going to be there and if ultimately you and me are looking for the same thing to stop Republicans from having power, then why not explore and fight for those kind of issues? Well, I think you also have to acknowledge that doing something like that would be politically fraught. It's not like that wouldn't come with significant risks as well. I agree if, with you. If Joe Biden, for tomorrow, it doesn't matter if it's the right thing to do. I mean, I agree. It's the right thing to let people out of prisons for nonviolent drug offenses. But if you can imagine the headlines the next day, if you know Joe Biden pardoned, well, I don't know, like let's just say 200,000 people or whatever. Mm -hmm. It would be a blitzkrieg for a month straight from the Fox News Ben Shapiro right uh, talking about how Biden let out, let out a bunch of like, you know, animals into the streets. And it would be effective. I, I, I can almost guarantee you his approval rating would, would, would go down. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. And there's still time for him to do it. And I hope that he does do it. But. Again, we need to be. Like, I, I I agree with you. I I totally agree with you. There would be a uh, blitzkrieg of Fox News, but I think there already is that. They they will choose anything they can to continue. Like they've been calling Biden a fucking communist Marxist uh, sympathizer since he got into office. They will take anything they can and they'll run with it. If the worry That's is the deep only time that Fox News has been honest recently. I mean. <laughs> So if they're the worried genuinely, if, if they're genuinely worried about the backlash that they would face from that versus the potential, like, I guess that's where we'd fundamentally disagree. I think Republicans are going to be uh, angry and uh, against Democrats no matter what. I don't think that there's an ability to really convert a whole bunch of right wing voters uh, to the Democratic Party. I think they're going to come out and they're going to go anti-Democratic because the culture war issues are being won very strongly by Republicans right now. They have energized their base to be anti-trans, to be anti-queer, to be anti all these kind of things. But I don't necessarily think it's a good idea to just ignore altogether the 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 possible um, coordinated right wing propaganda machine to, you know, launch an all out blitzkrieg. Like, I don't I don't think I don't think it's very I don't think it's very savvy to just like ignore that, because sometimes when they do it, it's super effective. Sometimes it's not like when they do it, it's not super effective. But but they, they are very good at messaging and uniformity, and they're extremely effective at at uh changing public opinion take a look at like the obamacare fight and like de de just a simple just a simple tiny little phrase like death panels is enough 
to to swing like 20 30 percent of the electorate oh didn't they say didn't they say obama when when obama vetoed uh the filibuster didn't they say that he was like enacting a coup or something like that but that's when that he vetoed the filibuster he um there there was a, a situation which in order to get a certain amount of yeah i just want to get this correct because this was like something that took place a while back it's been a while since i've redone this can you uh, veto um, a filibuster i don't think you can bro <laughs> yeah i'm wording this incorrectly he did something in relation to aca um and maybe it was the federal court appointments um and he vetoed something and then i just remember the headlines were all over the place it was to get federal recall. judges appointed ah okay it was to get federal judges appointed sorry i misspoke but either way yeah, my, yeah, yeah. They, my... they invoked the nuclear option to get federal judges on the court and then you know as soon as mcconnell took took power and they were able to you know they got rid of the same filibuster to make sure that mm-hmm. uh they could they could appoint federal judges and supreme court judges but you know the second we get rid of the filibuster for for policy i mean we're that's a pandora's box that's like i mean that would change things significantly like the reason why i'm in favor of something like that is because i have faith in left-wing policies and i believe that those policies when enacted would be more popular sometimes it takes a little while for those policies to like gain popularity like the aca is a perfect example of that like it struggled to get above like 40% approval for like the first few years of its existence because of right-wing messaging and because of ineffective messaging that pushed back against that. And it wasn't until they tried to get rid of the ACA when those approval numbers flipped. And then it was like 60% approved, 40% approved because there was a significant chunk of people in this country that were like, holy fuck, I benefit from the ACA. I didn't even realize that I did. They, I don't want them to get rid of it. And then they got clocked in the midterms. Right. I, I don't think the Democrats should govern or rule uh, distinctly based on what they fear the backlash will be, either from the right-wing media machine, the owns, the Breitbart, the Foxes, because I think they're going to be receiving that regardless. And I agree with you that there are certain decisions that Democrats can make that will get more backlash than others. But when it comes to fundamental things that I think most Americans want, the Republicans do the opposite in the opposite direction in defiance of that. Like this, this decision that just came down, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, this isn't overwhelmingly the, the majority of Americans this is not something they desire I, I don't think Republicans like I keep saying I think they are cutthroat I, I think they don't play by the same rules as the Democrats do and I think if Biden genuinely wants to again appeal to a broad amount of the electorate I think the largest voter block in the US still is like non-voters isn't it non-voters and especially young voters if you want to talk about like if you want if you're sick and tired of moderate candidates winning in 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 national elections all over the country maybe it would be a good idea to try to get more than like 20 percent of young people to get out there and actually vote during the primaries like why didn't bernie sweep in 2020 why didn't he sweep the primaries i was told this whole time that he was going to be able to energize a young base of voters in a way that someone like joe biden couldn't and he couldn't get past the primaries. He had a worse primary performance in 2016. So we're going to spend all this time talking about, like, politicians that we don't like. Why don't we start talking about young people and why they don't vote? And, like, can we? Can, we, can I just, like, real quick, because then I got to go because I'm going to play video games with my friends. I enjoyed having this conversation <laughs> with you. But I want, I want you to tell me, um, who is out there telling people just vote? Like, who's actually saying that? Who's actually saying don't get involved in like organizing labor unions, don't get involved in youth outreach, don't canvas, don't run for office if you can, just vote. Like where are these people and like who's actually saying that? Well, terminally online Twitter users, right? Nobody's saying that, Lance. So like this whole like 
These Pope. fucking libs, all they, all they do is they tell us just to vote. Who the fuck is saying that? Um, I'm not seeing, uh, outside of Justice Democrats and progressives, overwhelmingly, uh, a call towards using a tool set by uh, mainstream politicians. I don't, I don't see Joe Manchin or Kirsten Sinema or, or other Democrats, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, saying, all right, so here's the list of the things that you should be doing and in, in, in to you know, fulfill your activism. This includes direct action, mutual aid, forming unions, uh, you know, strengthening unions. I, I don't hear that from them. Like Isn't it, it, Biden the most like pro-union president in modern history? Him having, uh, you know, uh, uh, Christian Smalls at the White House, that's certainly a good thing. And his vocal uh, support of unionization efforts, also great things in terms of like press and PR. But again, have, have you heard, can you send me the speech where Joe Biden says, here is the list of things that all of you should be doing every day. And one of those things includes voting. I only ever hear that from progressives. I only ever hear that from, you know, the, the Justice Democrat style candidates. Well, I can look into it, but I'm sure if I took a little time, I could find like fucking Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi giving people suggestions for other ways that they can involve on, on, a, on a repeated basis. Like that's part of their messaging. Their, their messaging is not you should be voting for Democrats. You should be do- donating to the Democratic Party. It's here's a long list of things that you should do to get active in, in the streets. OK, well, if your point is that they're not doing enough to educate people on other ways that they can be engaged, maybe you have a, a, a point about that. I'd have to, like, take a look at, like, transcripts from all their, their like, recent press conferences because I really don't know off the top of my head. But my point is, is that, like, I'm just so sick and tired of, like, these young, agitated leftists on Twitter that are, like, they just mock this idea of voting. And then they say, well, they tell us just to vote. It's like, well, nobody's fucking telling you, like, just vote. Don't get involved in other ways. It's just. A I, I would add like to that a, that I don't. I don't see there. the messaging coming from corporate Democrats the of the other ways. I, I usually I usually see yeah. the 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 calls to action being you know vote and I'm I'm on board with you on this one Hutch and to be completely frank back to that last point because I know you want to put a, put a cap on this when you just established that the largest voting base in the United States happens to be non voters and the youth vote the untapped youth vote uh, in co- collaboration with that. I don't think that there's anything that would appeal to those demographics more in terms of the ability for the president than the things that I had mentioned. I think if he does a mass pardoning of nonviolent drug offenders, if he reschedules marijuana out of a Schedule One drug alongside heroin and other drugs, if he uh, forgives large amounts of student debt, those are the kind of things I think would resonate strongly both with young voters and undecided voters. I'm so blackpilled on young voters that I I highly doubt like if, if Joe Biden were to decriminalize marijuana tomorrow mm-hmm. and and let people out of prisons I I highly doubt that there would be more than like a one or a two point push from from a bump from a young voters I mean no, ne- I guess I guess neither of us can know that I would say I would I would say the undecided voters more than the uh, the young voters because a large swath of undecided voters also happen to be usually oh, from marginalized yeah. communities uh, sorry that was a raid uh, a large swath of undecided voters oh, usually can also come from that? that was a, that was a raid notification <laughs> Why I wasn't did I, hear I was I wasn't sewing out as I was talking I was like oh god I'm so impressed by my own points I'm sewing uh, <laughs> like, god damn you are a skilled ventriloquist <laughs> Well, yeah. Lance, I appreciate you talking to me. I'm yeah, of course. I'm going to play games with my pals. And, Sounds good. Um, you know, thank you for showing up and having a sensible conversation with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, same with you. Um, let's do it again soon. I'd love to, yeah. All right, take it easy, bud. All right, cheers.
uh yeah that was that was an interesting uh conversation uh i thought uh, we made some headway i'm gonna strongly disagree with the fact that i i think the the biggest thing and i stand by this that joe biden could be doing uh without having to worry about the the house the senate the filibuster all that kind of stuff without the fear of stacking the court without the fear is again rescheduling marijuana pardoning nonviolent drug offenders forgiving student debt um and i still contend uh, and disagree with Hutch that that would not move the electorate come November. I think that would have dramatic effects on millions of people's lives. I agree with Hutch that, of course, the right-wing backlash to that would be extreme, uh, most likely for of all those three options for the, uh, the pardoning of nonviolent drug offenders, because, of course, the right's not going to be happy about tens of thousands of black people suddenly getting out of prison, uh, because that's kind of just not their thing. But uh, I still think that that would affect non-voters especially, or apathetic voters, or voters who don't have any care uh, about politics because what does politics do for me i mean every, every year goes by these little cycles they go back and forth it swings conservative democrat conservative democrat uh and uh you know it doesn't really change my life uh, i i think that's one of those things where all of a sudden it's like holy shit my, my aunt and uncle are out of jail hey everybody just so you know uh family trees are enormous someone tells someone tell someone much more people get involved all that kind of thing um and it will get the backlash but you're gonna get like I don't think you can govern based on a fear of right-wing backlash in the media alone because they don't. They don't give a fuck. Like, they'll they'll do what they're doing right now. Look at Roe v. Wade. Look at, look at all this kind of stuff. They're doing things in spite of the general, uh, you know, appeal to the American public. The, ma- the vast majority of Americans do not hate queer people. They don't. Like, if you look at polling, they are for LGBTQ plus rights. Like, this, this is, again, a very small minority trying to pass a legislation that directly affects, uh, affects trans kids, trans parents, all that kind of stuff. Um, in spite of the fact that it's not popular. Uh, and the right-wing machine will be extreme no matter what you do. I, I keep pointing towards the Grey Poupon with with, uh, Poupon, um, with Obama because, holy fuck, that, that, um, that just shows you how they'll take anything. They, they don't need an excuse. They can, they can do an entire fucking 24-hour news cycle about how he's a bourgeois communist parasite, uh, you know, wears his birth certificate and other racist shit like that just because he put the wrong mustard on a fucking burger. So they, they don't need an excuse. They'll, they'll, they called Joe Biden a uh, fucking a Marxist communist uh, and the guy is an ardent capitalist and has been his entire life. So it doesn't matter what, what you do. They, they will lie and they will go to the extreme all the time. Yeah, the tan suit, the fucking tan suit shit. Um, Hutch sounds like one of the Dems who doesn't want to make big moves because he worries Republicans will do worse things, which is the answer to that. Republicans are going to do it regardless, so who cares what they think? It's true that, like, you, you don't want um, people to uh, to do a backlash in the sense of, like, you don't want to alienate the same voters who may potentially vote for, for Biden, but I don't think that there is uh, a loss there. I, I don't think, like, the GOP... There's people like centrists who are like, oh, I don't know if I want to go Biden or or, or uh, DeSantis this time, you know. And weed legalization is popular. So you've just been listening to an episode of the Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see the Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv. You'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help. And yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we are prepared to conduct many a human sacrifices in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker. 
We are but your humble yet incompetent gestures, trying in vain to bring some levity into your life. To our Lord Trevor R., we give you thanks for this meager plot of land for us to toil away our pathetic existence. To our brave knights, Carl Wauer, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Mayred, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruben Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Janital, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy101, Anthropophojack, Saren42, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Agent NDN, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our mighty heroes off to conquest some bread in some far-off land.